Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 7.15, got a false start on me. Tim's going to make me run sprints after practice. Rafael Goineche joins us, President of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Talk about the special session on crime. How are you, Rafael? I'm fine, Tommy. How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, I hope Mardi Gras was good for you. I don't know if we spoke or not. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I got out of town. I got to visit my granddaughters. Good for yeah. you, man. That's that's the yeah. goal of the life. So I'm looking at some of the things the special session is going to do, eliminate parole for crimes committed on or after August 21st, August 1st, 2024, with no exception. Let, let's talk about that. Is that just violent crimes, or, or what crimes are we talking about? Right. So uh, what that legislation is designed to do, uh, the, the, the name that they're calling that is Truth in Sentencing. So when the justice reinvestment legislation was passed in 2016 and went into effect in 2017, the idea was that there were too many people in the penitentiary so that uh, this legislation was supposed to invest money into rehabilitative services so the people in the penitentiary system and on probation would have access to better programs that would give them uh, a better chance of success once they're released and not recidivate. 80% of the 28,000 plus inmates in the Department of Corrections right now have three or more felony convictions. So what this truth in sentencing legislation is about is to try and uncomplicate and make it very clear to all parties how much time people are actually going to serve for the offenses that they're convicted of or plead guilty to. So under the 2017 legislation, there were a whole variety of different good time formulas to use. There was also good time on top of good time for participating in programs. And it became so complicated that the prosecutors that were offering plea deals to defendants, they had to go to the Victims and the victims would ask, how much time are they going to serve? And the prosecutors would say, I can't tell you. I don't know. I can't figure it out. Uh, the criminal defense attorneys were presenting their clients, the defendants, with plea options. And the defendants want to know how much time I'm going to serve. And no one could tell them. It's so complicated that the Department of Corruption, Corrections only has a handful of people that can compute the good time provisions and laws so that what's been happening is the Department of Corrections has been keeping uh, inmates 
beyond their release date, and they're being sued by the inmates for being held in custody beyond their release dates. So what this legislation is going to do, if it passes, is is model it in many ways similar to the federal system. You're going to serve 85% of your time. On top of that, you'll be able to receive some good time for successful participation in programs that offer rehabilitative services to, to inmates. So in, in many respects, it's about transparency. It's about uncomplicating a overly complicated system. And I think that it is uh, something that will improve clarity to all the parties involved and help the system operate more effectively and efficiently. It it can be portrayed as draconian, but in fact, it could keep people or, or allow people to be released from jail, even though their time is up and they're still being held, right? Well, of course, you're still going to have good time. You're still going to be early, but it's going to be tied to, uh, you know, more uh, measures. So it's been reported that the Louisiana Legislative Auditor released an an, uh, performance audit of the justice reinvestment legislation. And the hundred and fifty some odd million dollars that have been poured into programs from savings realized by the inmates uh, being uh, released early. Uh, There has been no performance audits of any of the programs to determine the effectiveness of the programs that are being funded. So as I pointed out a little bit earlier in this interview, 80% of the 28,000 plus inmates in the Department of Corrections have three or more felony convictions. The whole purpose of the justice reinvestment legislation recognizes that the people that are most likely to go to the penitentiary are the people that have been recently released from the penitentiary. So Louisiana needed to do a better job of rehabilitating the people that get sent to the penitentiary and make no mistakes about it. The people in the penitentiary, they're in there because it's a crime of violence and or they have committed multiple Uh, felony offenses. So if you look at an inmate and he's serving time for a property crime, you can can bet dollars to donuts that that wasn't his first conviction, that wasn't his second conviction. It's going to be his third conviction because property and drug uh, uh, offenders don't go to the penitentiary for their first or second property or drug felony. So these are repeat offenders that are coming back in. And I think Louisiana needs to do a better job of offering more effective rehabilitative services, and that's what the legislative auditor's uh, report disclosed uh, earlier this week. Let me take a break, Raphael. I want to talk about that more when we come back, because I know Joe Marino, who had a lot to do with that, uh, the reforms going into place was testifying yesterday saying you're about to make a mistake. But I, I don't s- still know about the efficacy of this. And maybe you're telling me that there, because there has been no performance audit, I don't know if anybody knows. We'll drill down. We come back. Rafael Goyeneche, our guest, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Nobody wants to go easy on criminals. Nobody wants to waste money. Nobody wants to lock somebody away when there's a chance of rehabilitating them because that's the most expensive thing you can do, not to mention maybe not the most humane thing. But 
there are no simple solutions to complex problems, and the first thing you have to do to decide whether or not something is working is to gauge results, and that's where we'll pick it up. We come back. 722 Traffic Now, WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 726, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Rafael Goineche, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission, about the special session on crime. We're going to continue the conversation next half hour with our friend Senator Pat Connick. Uh, Raphael, before you get back to um, performance and gauging results, I, I, I drew a distinction uh, between violent and nonviolent offenders. But when you talk about habitual re- uh, people that have been uh, convicted three or more felony convictions, if you got a guy or a woman that keeps breaking into houses and they won't stop, violent or not, you got to keep them in jail. I mean, that's just like a given, right? Right, exactly. So you keep in mind that. Criminals are, in many instances, in most instances, generalists, not specialists. So the people that may be committing an automobile theft, an automobile burglary, a residential burglary, many of the times, and we know this from all the home security cameras and business cameras, that the people committing property crimes are armed with weapons. Mm -hmm. The only thing preventing that property crime from being a crime of violence is the property owner coming out and confronting the person that's committing the property offense, and then it becomes a crime of violence. You also need to recognize that you cannot judge the danger or the risk or the severity uh, of the offender by just looking at the offense that they pled guilty to, because if they pled guilty to a property or drug offense and they're serving time in the penitentiary, that means the district attorney offered them an incentive to plead guilty. So instead of possession with intent to distribute or distribution of drugs, he allowed him to plead guilty to simple possession of of drugs, which means a lesser sentence. Some of the uh, defendants that are pleading to property crimes have multiple convictions, some of which may have been crimes of violence. Mm -hmm. So when a prosecutor makes a decision to offer a plea deal, they take that into consideration. When a judge sentences, they take the offender's criminal history into consideration. And a lot of the proponents of the uh, justice reinvestment legislation are just looking at the offense that the individual is had pled, had pled guilty to and is serving time for. You have to look at the offender in the context of their entire criminal history to determine what danger they pose to the community. So only a minute or so left when it comes to Joe Marino and his testimony and and whether or not the reforms that were put into place were effective or not, how do you even gauge that or has that ever even been measured? Well, you know, the Louisiana legislative auditors basically said that they have it. The other thing is, if you just look at the number of inmates in the penitentiary, you're going to say, well, since the, the legislation was passed, the numbers went down. So the proponents are saying, look, it did what it was supposed to do. What they're not taking into account is COVID. In 2020 and 2021, the criminal justice system was essentially shut down. 
which meant that the courts were shut down, which meant that the uh, defendants that had been arrested couldn't have their cases moved through the system. So that constricted the number of, of offenders that were being sent to the state penitentiary. We're still dealing with a backlog of COVID cases in Louisiana right now. So there's a number of factors that uh, need to be analyzed to evaluate the effectiveness. But keep in mind, when the justice reinvestment legislation was passed, it was always the intention to keep violent offenders and hold them accountable for their actions. And what we're seeing is in state custody, over 62 percent of the inmates in the state penitentiary system are in there for crimes of violence. Another 12 percent are in there for felony weapons offenses. So that's two-thirds of the inmates that are in there are in there for either felony weapons or crimes of violence. And the other one-third, if they're property or drugs, means that they have multiple prior felony convictions, some of which will be for crimes of violence. Raphael, thank you so much. Very valuable information, always enlightening. We uh, enjoy when you come on. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Rafael Goneche, President, Metropolitan Crime Commission. More on the special session with Senator Pat Connick when we return a minute late. Sorry about that. Time for WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.